Good morning, St. Michael's. Can you please stand? Father, we just pray to lay everything down before we walk in here, Father, and just give our hearts to you and worship and join the Holy Spirit together as one. That today is a special day. We just have your Holy Spirit reign on all of us as we give our hearts up to you for worship. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Did you feel the mountains tremble? Did you hear the oceans roar? When the people rose to sing of Jesus Christ the risen
Almighty God, you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Jesus said, the first commandment is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Gloria. I raise a 
Bishop Davidson with around and you remember this guy? <laughs> and he's uh he's he's one of the prophets in our midst in our house of bishops and so we're we're very very fortunate when he comes out here because we know he's going to speak whatever he speaks to us it'll be of the Lord and it'll probably have a little prophetic edge to it. 
And that's, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing because that's what guides us. That's what protects us. We're kind of an unusual ministry here anyway. And so we need, uh, we need to be really tuned in to the Lord. I was telling the clergy yesterday, the best way to be tuned in to the Lord is be tuned in with the, the people around you and the, the, the men and when you stand with them. And so at every level that I operate in this church, I have a council. I don't do it alone. I have a council, a rector's council. I have a bishop's council. And I'm on the House of Bishops, which is the council for the national church. And so there's a security, and we can be a church that moves fast and forward ahead. And, uh, of course, he probably knows uh, Bishop Adler as, as well as anybody did. And he was a patent, wasn't he? <laughs> he moved it ahead, moved it ahead. Uh, sometimes maybe a little too quickly ahead, but uh, that's what got us where we're, we're at. We are so blessed to have you in our midst. Amen. All right. Let us pray. Our collect together. Almighty and everlasting God, who in the Paschal Mystery established a new covenant of reconciliation, grant that all who have been reborn into the fellowship of Christ's body may show forth in their lives what they possess in their faith. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Children, come forward for the blessing. Just give you a heads up. Next week, we're going to have an older Sunday school also for 9 through 11 ages. So that'll be next week. That isn't bad, you know. It only took us 40 years. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, we've had them on and on. Well, Lord, look at these children. I know you look down upon them every day. Lord, as they sit, lift up their voices and they say their prayers to you, Lord, I know there's an amazing, supernatural, godly connection. And we, Lord, we just honor that. We acknowledge that. And we bless them in Jesus' name. And all of them. <laughs> Amen. Okay. Amen. Okay, guys. Our lessons. Our first reading this morning is from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 5, commencing in verse 27. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intend to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things. 
And so also is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. This is the word of the Lord. Our psalm this morning is Psalm 111. Let us read responsibly by the half verse. Hallelujah! I will praise the Lord with my whole heart. In the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. The works of the Lord are great. Studied by all who have pleasure in them. His work is honorable and glorious. And his righteousness endures forever. He has made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He has given food to those who fear him. He will ever be mindful of this covenant. He has declared to his people the power of his works. And giving them the heritage of the nations. The works of his hands are verity and justice. All his precepts are sure. They stand fast forever and ever. And are done in truth and uprightness. He has sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His grace endures forever. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, it is now, and will be forever. Amen. Today's second reading comes from the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and washes us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John. Glory be to thee, O Lord. St. John, chapter 20, beginning at verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. 
When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here and look at my hands, and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise Jesus Christ. God bless you. You can be seated. Um, first, I want to thank uh, Bishop Kessler for having me here, trusting me. <laughs> and, uh, it's always a blessing to be here. And I also want to thank him for sending uh, Deacon Drew and Stephanie. It was uh, to our church. Your loss and my gain. Do you have any more that you'd like to send our way, you know? But either a real blessing. When uh, we were still uh, getting adjusted to the COVID situation when he came, and uh, it was kind of clumsy how we were, you know, what do you, how, do you give, how do you tell people about how to take the Eucharist and stuff? Well, when he came, he, the first Sunday he was there, he just went out and he stood there and he said, this morning we will celebrate the, the, the Eucharist in the following manner. Those on the worship team here, others here, are we clear? I said, Crystal, man, we got this. Sky's bringing a little Marine Corps thunder to our church. But he's a blessing, and um, I have another priest there, Deacon Phelps, who's the same way, just a real rock. So it's, a, it's good to be here. Now, this morning, uh, the word that's in my heart is about the, our thundering God. Psalm 58. We'll get to that. 
But this is about Jesus. You know, the Psalms are, I interpret the, interpret the Psalms Christocentrically. They're about Jesus. They're the prayers of Jesus. We're not worthy to pray some of these Psalms, you know, but he is. And this is how we answer him when we believe this and pray back to him. So this is a picture of Jesus Christ standing before the world, judging, judging injustice among rulers. Judging injustice among rulers. Now, what is your response to injustice? How do you respond to that? That's why this is not just some abstract thing about the cosmos or something. This is getting down to where we live. Because everybody in this room is dealing with some kind of injustice. So it started with rulers, you know, in the the nations, internationally, nationally, locally, then in the church, in the family. How to look how many domestic problems we have because of abuse. And people are fretting over injustice. So God wants to minister to us to get us to release that. You have you can never be a prophet or a prophetic church until you deal with your anger. If you don't handle that anger stuff, and that's going to take Jesus to do that. I don't know about you, but I long for the Old Testament days when we just get that sword and go out there and whoom. We all feel like that, right? That's the wrong reaction. And Jesus is going to show us through the Psalms and so on how to react to the things that are going on around us internationally, inflation and all, you know, every day, every day, it's something different. But I'm concerned more about my own heart, and that's why we pray, Almighty God, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts. You know, it's you all thoughts, thoughts are open, all desires are known. From you, no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of my heart by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that I may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy and mighty name. That is in them. That's the prayer. Why do we start the service with that prayer? Because our, our th- thoughts of our heart are not right. And we, we hang on to this stuff. I call it fretting in the Psalm 37. What does it say in Psalm 37? Fret not, do not fret or fret not thyself over evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like grass and wither like a green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Then he says, commit your ways to the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as light and your justice as noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait. Wait patiently. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way. Because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. 
Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. What does that mean? What does it mean, you know, this injustice, you know, we face? We fret. And see, God told us how to deal with injustice. He said in Micah, he said, He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly? to love mercy, and to walk humbly before your God. Walk humbly before your God. Now, the word commit, we said in Psalm 37, we says, commit your ways to the Lord. The word commit is to roll it over. Roll it over. Roll it over on, on the Lord. The way I illustrate it is this. Fretting. Is like this. Just take your your fist for a minute and just squeeze as hard as you can. Come on, do it, or I'm going to come down there and get you. Hold on, just do that for just 30 seconds, even. Hang on, that's fretting. And then release it. You can feel the blood flow back into your hand. Now imagine if you're living fretting like that all day long. What that's doing to your body. Who knows what, maybe heart disease, high pressure could be related to that. But that's fretting. That's the picture of fretting. Fret not yourself over evildoers because God cares about your health. And you're going to go crazy if you keep it up. You will go crazy. So God's trying to deliver his people, the church primarily, from fretting. A lot of things happen in churches. People get offended and so on. And they hang on to it. But when it says commit your way to the Lord, that's like that, open hand. And in that is a white flag. I surrender. We need to do that in church more, you know. If you like what I'm saying, wave the flag, you know, wave. That's what we, when, you, when you stop fretting, you're waving the surrender to God. I surrender, man. I'm, I cannot deal with it anymore. But I'm trying to fix it. See, I want to fix myself. That's pride. I want to fix you, you know. That related to you, huh? <laughs> but, you know, we're trying. I'm a fixer, man. You want to go there and fix it. And God says, you can't. What are you trying to fix? God's just saying, why don't you just relax? I like what Jim says Enjoy life. Enjoy it. But you can't really enjoy it if you're fretting, if you're all tied up in knots, right? So God is trying to teach us through. There's a very therapeutic value and pastorally to this psalm that we're we're talking about here. I'm just kind of setting the framework a little bit to get into Psalm 58. So it's our response now. It Again, I'm going to describe fretting for you because this is a big problem. In the book of James, chapter 1, or chapter 4, verse 1 through 5, James says this. He says, what leads to strife, discord, and feuds? And how do, you, how do conflicts and quarrels and fightings originate or arise among you? 
Do they not arise because of your sensual, disordered desires in your heart? All the things that you're and I am frustrated with keep coming up even when you're born again, spirit-filled. If you don't walk with humility with God, daily confess your sins. That's why confession is so good. Your disordered desires will kill you. And it will kill other people, at least spiritually for a while, until you die. When you die, you're going to be real tired. And God doesn't intend to see you. We're going to face conflict. But he's given us weapons like these psalms. I like to call them artillery psalms. You know, when you call in artillery, if you're fighting a battle in the infantry and you're just there by with your rifle, man, you can get overwhelmed. But if you just, boom, they drop some bombs in there, they can take care of some things real quick. These psalms, this psalm is given to us as a weapon, especially in the times we live. That you're faced with injustice and insanity. Stupidity. Bonhoeffer said that. The rulers, these rulers that are out of control, he said they're stupid. I challenge you to go online and look up what Bonhoeffer said about stupidity. You, wicked people are easier to deal with than stupid people. Turn to somebody and say, I know somebody like that. Yeah. But see, the problem, usually they're in groups. It's, they, they don't usually operate in... Loner type people don't get caught up in this, but people get caught up in a group think, being woke, you know, and all that. And you, you try to reason with that person, it's impossible. Impossible. So God is trying to give us a little uh, relief to turn loose. Don't keep going around like this as Christians, but this releases God. Trust him. There is a God who rules the earth. See, who? I, I can, Oh, God rules. He's our Lord ruling forever in the heavens and everything else. The, here's the question for me. Does he rule my heart? Who's sitting here? Why do we have this cathedral over here for the bishop? To represent Jesus Christ on the throne. Man, it's hard to get off the throne and let Jesus take over. But that's this morning what he wants to do. And it's healing, healing that God wants to bring, I believe. So we've seen what, what's, what this uh, disordered desire. See, in the Old Testament, idolatry was the word they used to describe what was wrong with mankind. In the New Testament, it, it's disordered desires. See, it goes shifts from kind of out here to right here. What's going on right here? You say, well, it's not fair. How could I forgive that person what they did to me? Well, that's not. Do you believe God is on the throne and He's judging injustice? We find out under pressure. How do I know what's in my heart? Five minutes of an unguarded moment. When I'm doing some carpentry work at home, which I don't know how to do very well, and I'm trying to drive a nail and I hit my thumb. What comes out of my mouth? Five minutes of an unguarded moment, Ben. You know, 
some things come out of my mouth that you, they, you know that was in there, man, but it came out. Or your wife says something to you, and you blow up and all that. That's it's never usually she does it to me. I don't do it to her. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what, what the Bible telling us in the New Testament is that idolatry was a problem in the old days. It was very visible. We could see that. In the New Testament, the word given is disordered desires. There's something wrong with our desire. Now, God, he likes you to have passion and desires, but they're misguided, disordered. And we spend a lot of money trying to fix that. Medicines and psychiatrists and on and on and on and go. Billions, billions because of disordered desire. And so we have to repent. That's why we have confession. You say the colic of purity, then we have confession is coming up. How do you have, how do you have relief? Confess. And really let, but some people confess and they still have, they have one hand, like the other one's going like this though. So what does that tell us? You have to practice. You have to practice forgiving even when it doesn't make any sense to you. If you keep, if I keep hanging on to things that somebody, somebody did, it'll eat my lunch. Especially in the ministry, somebody does something and they come against you, you know, it's betrayal. But Jesus didn't go to the cross like this. I'm coming back. You know, I'm coming back. I'll get you, you wimpy punks. You think you won here? No, I'm coming. He didn't go like that. Went like that. Man. You know, when you screw up, you know, you think that God's like that. He's going to hammer you. And God is just saying, I just want you to confess because I want to be your father. And I want to show you what a real father's like. So he's laying out this for us. We're laying, first of all, what is the topic? Our thundering God. Do you hear the thunder? Why don't we hear the thunder in the church? Do you know what they do in some of these psalms? They put brackets in prayer books because it seems to be too vindictive to pray. We as Christians, I don't know if we can pray that. Like in the psalm we're going to look at in a minute, part of it says, he says there that this is a message translation or paraphrase of it. He said, oh, God, let them be like mis- a miscarried fetus, never to see sunlight before they cook and are half done. God, throw them out in the garbage. Yeah. Now, see, we think we can get vengeance. We want to take vengeance into our – this is important. I'm telling you, I'm not just trying to ramble here. God thunders. I was asking God, when I'm preaching today, give me a thunderclap out there. And everybody goes, well, that's weird. It's sunshine. Boom. But you can hear it in his spirit. See, the kingdom of God is not built on sentimentality. Limp-wristed sentimentality. The kingdom of God is built on truth. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And we keep trying to modify that and tone it down. 
And God says, surrender. Give up. You can't do this. You can't build this church. I can't build my church if we don't get the heart right. We can have some really smart people around. Very smart. And they can screw you up. Because, you know, if you're really intelligent, man, you have a lot of options. You could go to any school, all that. That's dangerous. And then they come in. Then you get advice. Just follow your heart. That's a lie. If you're saying that, repent right now. Who's saying that? Don't follow your heart. Follow Jesus. Because the heart is deceptive. It'll trick you and lie to you. Don't see. We're in love. It feels so good. How can it be wrong? Get come. That's sentimentality. And you're not going to build the kingdom or your life on that. The heart has to change. And the only way the heart changes is through Jesus Christ. He's the heart fixer. Nothing else can fix it. No medication, no program, nothing. More money won't do it. A better, a new husband won't do it. A new wife won't do it. You have to repent and trust Jesus to go in there and do this heart surgery. And he's really good at it. And he's very loving, patient. Just a little sidebar, you know, when I was going through some things, no, I was going to say last week, you know, I said 30 years ago, my wife had had, I, mean, I look at some of the, I, I look at some of the people coming in our church really struggling, and I say, what's wrong with them? And God said, what was wrong with you? See, you forget, you forgot what you were like. Like at an abortion, so out there praying for to end abortion. And I was thinking, man, God convicted me. He says, you, know, you think you're so righteous sometimes? You're standing here to defend the babies and all that? But how about you? You didn't feel that way when you were growing up. You thought, just go oh, get an abortion. I had to repent, man. God kicked my butt on that. See, we have to remember where we It's good to remember the pit, being in the pit. You learned some things in the pit. And when you've been delivered from the pit, man, you never forget it. But that pit's going to be there that you don't follow your heart. Stop doing that. You'll end up in Bypath Meadow and then end up in Castle of the Giant giant Despair and Doubting Castle. It's in Pilgrim's Progress. How many people took a shortcut? Well, just take a shortcut. Bypath Meadow. And they end up in Doubting Castle with Giant Despair. How many people are going through despair right now? It's because they took a bypass. Don't do it. These Psalms warn us about that. Do I trust God? Do you know how I know I trust God? If I trust him to deal with the injustice going on right now in this world. I don't know about you, but I've heard so Let me read what Eugene Peterson translated in the message. I like this because it really brings it up open. Here's Psalm 58. It starts out this way. You, you, Peterson, I told you about stupidity. He says, are you stupid? Are you stupid? Is this any way to run a country? Is this any way to run a country? I don't know how many times I've heard that the last year or so. Is this any way to run the country? Everybody's complaining about the president and Putin and whatever. 
That's the cry of our, is God, is this any way to run the country, the nation, the world? How about your family? See, this is Jesus coming forth and talking about injustice among rulers. If you're a husband, you're the ruler. The pastor's the ruler. Doesn't mean he's supposed to lord it over people, but if he does, that's an abuse. So the thing goes down the chain of command, you know. And we have to align ourselves with Jesus. Otherwise, he's going to be preaching this psalm to us. And then we have all these problems, and we think, well, but it's not fair what they're doing to me. Did Jesus, was it fair what they did to Jesus? Was that a fair, it was an unjust trial. He knows what this is like to suffer injustice. But I want to modify this, see. I want to be nicer than Jesus. And to be nicer than Jesus is not to be nice at all. Because Jesus said, if you follow me, you have to die. You have to take up your cross and follow me. When Jesus calls a person to be with him as a disciple, he calls you to die. And dead people just don't argue. They're dead. Are you dead? I'm not. I've had this last Lent. I'm started reading this book by Climacus, The Divine Ladder of Ascent. I got about two ladders up and the demons knocked me down. I mean, man, you're trying, we're all on that ladder, man. You're all climbing the ladder. And the enemy will try to pull you off. So there's a lot of spiritual direction in that. So my motto is die climbing. You never stop climbing, but you can take a bypass better, get off the ladder and try something else, and it won't work because we're all on the ladder. So briefly, how much time do I have? Okay, good. We'll just go till noon. No, no, I'm kidding. No, I'm trying to, I'm not trying to wander here. I'm just, I'm trying to make the point. We're talking this morning about the God who thunders. Do you hear it? It's there. But you have to tune your ear to it. You know how you can tune things out. And that's a real art that we've learned in the church and in our families. We can tune God out. Think of that. And he's trying to, he's thundering to get our attention. So we'll pay attention. And if I pay attention to him, see, let's put it real where you live right now, where I live. What's bothering you? What's really causing you to be like this. You think you can take more pills and be okay? Yeah, you'll take them pretty soon. You'll be like that. Nothing. Feels good for a while until the next morning. So God in Psalm 58, which we don't have to totally have time to unpack the whole thing here, but it's just broken on this. It's about God in judging the injustice among rulers. Especially like when Israel was, when they went crazy in the Old Testament and God judged the rulers. See, when God, when the rulers start going bad, the prophets come. And they come to bring the ruler back to God's way, to walk in his ways. And what they do, they kill the prophets. They were thundering. 
He says, through the voice of the prophet, God's, through the prophets, the voice of God is raging. See, we can't, we don't like to think of God like that. Oh, he's this fatherly figure, you know. Oh, he loves you. That sentimentality will kill you. Like I said before, you cannot have, you can't build the kingdom on sentimentality. I hear people talk about love. I believe in that. How about justice? We need a button. God is just. It's all like God is love. God is love. We need that. Like on your little emoji, you put the lightning, thunder. Sign your name with thunder. Because it will deliver you and me. When I was growing up years back and had all kinds of problems, Man, I, 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 I was trying to fix it, trying to change. It never, never didn't work, you know. And I remember one day I was in a park years and years ago. And I was in a certain condition when I was in that park. I was drunk. And I was saying to my God, I've tried. I want to, I, I want to be delivered from this. I don't know what to do. I can't do it. And he says, good. You're finally getting it. You finally are getting it. And he spoke to me in that park that he'd make a way of escape for me. So he sent me to seminary, and I dried out in seminary. That's really what happened. They didn't know it, of course, but that happened. You're looking at me like I'm crazy or something. Are you okay? That's why I wore my Skechers in case I have to make a fast exit. And I don't run too fast anymore. God loves you, that's for sure. But God is going to thunder in your life. If he sees you going down the wrong path, he's going to thunder. Are you hearing it? Am I hearing it? Is the church hearing it? Why do we have a problem in some churches praying in precatory psalms? They're weapons. God says it's a weapon. How do you talk to God about injustice? Well, here it is, Psalm 58. That's one of them. And it's, and it's like, then when you pray this psalm, what's going on here? Once you call upon the vengeance of God, because God says, I will avenge. It's not for you to do it. God, God will take care of that. But, and once you do that, then you're renouncing your own quest for vengeance. Huh? How many people are in the divorce court right now over vengeance? And they're killing each other. And they're fa- the, the kids, huh? give me a break. It doesn't work. And you're pleading with them. I know a certain guy I've talk- been talking to that he's making every kind of excuse in the world. I said, but you've got this one thing in your life, man. And I won't get into that, but I mean, he, you've got this thing. You need to repent. We start, I don't do counseling. I'm into I'm into spiritual direction with Jesus and tell him, look, you have a problem here. And if you don't deal with that problem and repent and get right with God, forget everything else. Because you're not in alignment with God. In navigation, you, you know, you, you always have to orient your map to true north. True north is not magnetic north. Magnetic north, your compass will take you there, but you have to have the declinations to make sure you're lined up with true north. Is this right? You're an artillery guy. Come on, Lewis. 
I say, you have to know this or you'll kill your own people. The problem we're boiling down to pastorally is we're out of alignment with Jesus. We're going by magnetic north and not true north. We don't stop and take look at the map and learn how to navigate. Being a Christian is learn how to navigate. Jim knows that on the boat. You go out there and say, how does he ever know what to do? I don't know where I am. Fog and everything. He's up there. To, well, he tells the captain to do it, right? But he's got it too. I mean, I, and, and Doug, he's been out in the boat for a lot of times, man. You know. I'm from a land barrier. I'm out in their prairie. So, <clears throat> anyway, I, I just feel God pleading with us. Listen for the thunder. It's gonna, it's, he's talking to us right now. He's talking to us in, in the whole world. He's talking to us in our families. Listen for the thunder. Can you hear this? That's why he thunders because we can't hear very well sometimes. And we're not talking about physical hearing. We're talking about in your heart. I'm tell, I have to learn this. I'm preaching myself, man. You have, I, I've tried all kinds of techniques. I'm not against some of that. That's some of those are real tools. But it's, it, it's a matter of the heart. How many, how many people get into trouble prophesying? Because you can prophesy out of yourself if you're not careful. It's dangerous, man. And you screw up as a prophet. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna hit by lightning. God will bring down a false prophet quickly. So God wants us to hear the truth and confirm it. You have a government in the church. So don't come for counseling. Come to hear the thunder. And if you hear that thunder, repent. Because And why why God so strong on that? Because he wants to change your life. He wants to change my life. Sometimes when you're stuck in the mud, you need a big truck to pull you out. So I don't have time to, to really get it. I just would encourage, encourage you to, to do this. Go online and check out Dietrich Bonhoeffer. See, Sam's leaving already. God. <laughs> Well, just briefly, Psalm 58 breaks down, there's a sin, verses 1 through 5. Is there an honest politician in the house? Behind the scenes, you make make deals with demons, he says. The, The wicked crawl from the wrong side of the cradle from the very beginning, poison and so on. Then in verse 6 through 8, we're talking about the judgment, the thunder, the thunder that comes. And the thunder comes... God smashed their teeth, smashed their teeth to bits, leave them toothless tigers. Why would he say that? Because the wicked people chew people up. They don't have any concern for people. They'll chew you up. They'll put you in a camp somewhere and starve you to death and chew you up. And God said, when you want to break their teeth, God, but I can't do it, Lord, do it. I just praise you, Lord, that you're going to make them toothless. Toothless. Let their lives be buckets of water spilled. Then in verse 10 through 11, he says, the righteous will call on their friends when they see this happen. 
But you have to remember, it's not us taking vengeance. It's God taking vengeance. I like how Bonhoeffer says, only Christ who's innocent can pray this. Because we're not innocent. We have to be cleansed. Cleanse the thoughts of my heart. And pray this in faith, trusting that there is a God who rules. There is a God who's ruling right now. Whatever you're going through, God knows it. He knows it. And he's there to help you out. And these are, these are tools to get, get us unstuck. So Christ bore all the vengeance of God on the cross. And now when he, I like Bonhoeffer's interpretation of the Psalms. The Christocentric interpretation of the, of the Psalms. The prayers of Jesus. Think of that. Jesus is behind this, this psalm. I want you to pray that because it's going to remind you that I can do what I can do. If you're stuck, God can unstick you. So what's the conclusion? <clears throat> Are you hearing the thunder? See, Pray that you'll hear the thunder. And if we hear, then don't fret. That's the bottom line. Hear the voice of God thundering against undisordered desires and say, God, I can't do this. I, I, I surrender. I don't see any handkerchiefs out, you know, doing that. But we sur- my, I surrender, right? I'm surrendering to God. God says, good. That's good. Because now when that happens, everyone's going to be cheering, he says. It's worth it to play by the rules. God's handling all, handing out trophies as he tends the earth. See, if I fret, I don't trust God. My wife had to trust God that he would change me. And her too. I mean, you get, you get into problems with one another when you're married. And then people get divorced. They take a bypass middle. It'll be better on the other side of the fence. No, it won't. The way you leave is the way you enter. You leave a relationship thinking it's you leave a church. You leave a church thinking it's going to be better somewhere else, and it won't be better. Because the way you leave is the way you enter. If you don't deal with unforgiveness and things like that before you leave someplace, okay, take it with you. And you'll repeat it again. And I think our country's going through that. I love this country, but, man, there's some problems. So the way I pray for the president, you know, is, what did we say in that song? We said, what did he say? I, for some reason, I forgot that. He said, Is this any way to lead a country? And he called him stupid. He was calling Hitler stupid, Bonhoeffer. And you can't deal with stupid people. You can deal with wicked people by force if you have to. But stupid people are so wound up, man. They're like in the woke culture, the propaganda we hear all the time. 
critical race theory, things like that. That's stupid. I don't know what pronoun I am. Well, drop your pants. <laughs> you know, you can tell whether you're male or female. It's insane. Insane. So we're going to baptize my grandson today. <clears throat> we're taking offerings up afterwards for the college education. No, I'm just kidding. And uh, but that's really it. Thank you for letting me do this, Doug, Bishop Doug. <clears throat> okay. We just do this really special here, real formal like. You're going to love it. Well, well, we're going to have you. You're going to baptize the baby. Yeah, but do, why don't you lead it? I'll do the you, deal and then. Some of this is wrong. Remember, yeah. Maybe. I'll do it and you won't have to worry. Yeah, family here. That's right. You want family here. And. Uh, I'll pour the water. <clears throat> I'll do the water. Okay. What do I do with this? That's cool. All right, so you just follow me. And whatever I tell you to do, you do it, okay? <laughs> That'll be a switch. Now, see, this is good because this is your church. And yeah, you're being baptized by the bishop in this no, church. No, you're going to baptize. I'm going to do the. But yeah. we're going to do I'm it gonna right pour here. That you water just on follow me. The candidate for holy baptism will now be presented. There we go. That's it. Okay. Will you be responsible for seeing that the child you present is brought up in the Christian faith and life? Will you, by your prayers and witness, help this child to grow into the full stature of Christ? Amen. Do you renounce Satan and all the spiritual forces of wickedness that rebel against God? Do you renounce the evil powers of this world which corrupt and destroy the creatures of God? This, you see, this is so important. This goes all the way back to the first century, and they didn't trust people back in those days. You know, all they did was a couple of arm twists, burn one or two of them at the stake, and these people give up their faith. We can't have that here. <laughs> right? All right. Do you renounce all sinful desires that draw you from the love of God? See, the baby can't do it, so the parents have to do it. But they're committing this before God that they're going to raise this child the way he should go. And he'll have no chance. All right, do you renounce all evil, sinful desires to drive from the love of God? Yes, we did that. Do you turn to Jesus Christ, accept him as your Savior? Yes, we do. Do you put your whole trust in his grace and love? That's what your dad was just saying. You promise to follow and obey him as your Lord. Will you who witness these vows do all in your power to support this child in the life of Christ? Yeah. Okay, please stand. Let us join with those who are committing themselves to Christ and renew our own baptismal covenant. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father. 
God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in God, the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Do you Will you continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers? I will, with God's help. Will you persevere in resisting evil and whatever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord? I will, with God's help. Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God and Christ? I will, with God's help. Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? I will, with God's help. Will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? I will, with God's help. Let us pray for this person who's here to receive the sacrament of new birth. Amen. Go ahead. This is your prayer now. Deliver cybersecurity of sin and death. Lord, hear our prayer. Open his heart to you, your grace and truth. Lord, hear our prayer. Fill him with your holy and life-giving spirit. Lord, hear our prayer. Keep him in the faith and communion of your holy church. Lord, hear our prayer. Teach him to love others in the power of the spirit. Lord, hear our prayer. Send him into the world in witness to your love. Lord, hear our prayer. Bring him to the fullness of your peace and joy. Lord, hear our prayer. Grant the Lord that all who are baptized into the death of Jesus Christ, your Son, may live in the power of his resurrection and look for him to come again in glory, who lives and reigns now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. We thank you. Almighty God, for the gift of water, over it the Holy Spirit moved in the beginning of creation. Through it you led the children of Israel out of their bondage in Egypt into the land of Prance. In it, your son Jesus Christ received the baptism of John and was anointed by the Holy Spirit as the Messiah, the Christ, to lead us through his death and resurrection from the bondage of sin into everlasting life. We thank you, Father, for the water of baptism. In it, we're buried with Christ in his death. By it, we share in his resurrection. Through it, we're reborn by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, in joyful obedience to your Son, we bring into his fellowship those who come to him in faith, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Bishop, just put your hand in this water right here. Now sanctify this water, we pray, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that those who here are cleansed from sin and born again may continue forever in the risen life of Jesus Christ, our Savior. To him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory now and forever.
Amen. Amen. Okay, now, I'm going to have, uh, I'm going to hold my closure. I'm going to have Eddie do it because of my back. I know. I see. He's going to hold the baby. You're going to, uh, all right. By the way, need, I have to you correct, I said, words I said him. Cyrus and not Darius. <laughs> They're so prolific with these kids, you know. Anyway. Darius, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We anoint you and seal you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Got pictures going on here? We allow photographers to go anywhere. Hey, he's doing good. Where are we at? Yeah. Heavenly Father, we thank you that by water and the Holy Spirit you have bestowed upon Darius the forgiveness of sin and have raised him to new life in Christ. Sustain him, O Lord, in your Holy Spirit. Give him an inquiring and discerning heart and the courage and the will to persevere, a spirit to know and to love you, and the gift of joy and wonder in all your works. Amen. Amen. Well, let us welcome Darius. To the church. Together, we, we receive you into the household of God, confess the faith of Christ crucified, proclaim his resurrection, and share with us his eternal priesthood. Amen. Amen. Peace, Lord, be always with you. Also with you. God bless. Thank you, guys. Father Lewis, do you have any announcements for us? Wow, that's cool. Okay. <laughs> Bishop? The, the ladies are retreating. <laughs> I've never seen that yet. <laughs> Okay.
Well, words have many connotations. Now, we want to be praying for that to all come together. This year, we've had a lot of problems in, in scheduling our retreats and some of the other stuff. And that's just the enemy fooling around. You know, you get a little comfortable, and he will start needling you. That's why we got the sword back out. We see you and raise you one. As we prepare to receive the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist, let us respond to God's word by engaging with him in musical worship and presenting to God our tithes and offerings out of that which God has given to us. Together, through Christ, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name, but do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God.
We have this bread to offer, which earth is given and human hands have made. It will become for us the body of Christ. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness, we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine, work of human hands. It will become for us the blood of Christ. Blessed be God forever. We welcome all baptized believers to receive the body and the blood of Christ. This is the table of the Lord. It's his will that those who want him should meet him here, so come to the table. The Lord be with you. With your spirit. Lift up your heart. We lift them up to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord our God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, all-powerful and ever-living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. We praise you with greater joy than ever on this Easter season when Christ became our Paschal Lamb. He's the true Lamb who took away the sins of the world, and by dying, he destroyed death. By rising, he restored our life. And so, with all the choir of angels in heaven, we proclaim your glory, and we join their unending hymn of praise. holiness let your holy spirit come upon these gifts and make them holy so that they may become to us the body and the blood of our lord jesus christ before he was given up to death our lord a death he freely accepted he took bread and he gave thanks he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying take and eat 
This is my body, broken for you. Whenever you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord. After the supper, he took the cup. And he gave it to his disciples saying, take this, drink all of this. This is my blood of the new covenant shed for you, for your sins and for many. Whenever you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord. Let us proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ has risen. And Christ will come again. Amen. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread, this saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence, to serve you. May all of us who share the body and blood of Jesus Christ be brought together in the unity of the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow in love together with our patriarch Craig Bates, for Bishop Douglas, and all the clergy. Remember those who we now pray for. For Connie, Suzanne, Serena, Naomi, Sonia, Sandra, Karen, Tammy, Denise, Denisa, Giovanni, Daniel, Jonathan, Nancy, Katie, Patrick, Darlene, all the Marines and sailors, and the Army, too, and all those in the military who defend us. For police officers, for school teachers, God have mercy. Who's this? Lord, we pray healing here today. We, Lord, thank you for healing people. I pray for Bishop Doug, the healer's back, and others struggling. Thank you, Jesus, for healing. Draw our, heart, our hearts to remember the poor and the broken as we receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ. May we be transformed to become the body of Christ to the world. Have mercy on us all. Make us worthy to share eternal life with the apostles and martyrs and all the saints. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. By him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory are yours. Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. We have courage to pray. Our Father, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ, our Passover, sacrificed for us.
Therefore, let us keep the feast. Alleluia. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. O Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us thy peace. The gifts of God for the people of God, take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on them in your heart with thanksgiving. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb, the body of Christ.
Well, I hope we always uh, stay the same. It it seems like Kansas City's just uh, a block east, <laughs> and we have people coming and going back and forth, and it's the same family, and we're so close, and uh, it's just it's a wonderful thing. Uh, Father Mark Finley's here. He's from another country, <laughs> Alabama, <laughs> but uh, it's great, great seeing him too. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace. And grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in the battle and be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, a prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who wander through the world seeking ruin of our souls. Remember the gospel. God was in Christ Jesus, reconciling the world himself, not counting men's sins against him. God loves us. He's forgiven us. He's not mad at us. And he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And the blessings of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen. Gotcha. Introduce Brandon. It's not in my hands. Why open? Thank you.